Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the Braves have found all the answers to their problem last night. And we need to give him his flowers because you know what? We don't talk about two enough. And last but not least and for the culture, it is a Riola party down in Athens. We'll talk about all that next right now. ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts... Now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you. In advance, ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. T, the Braves got the bats going last night to the tune of a 12 to nothing shutout. Oh, my God. Uncle Charlie was on the mound, and the Braves were – the bats were just a humming, T. When you think of to the tune of five two-run home runs, when you think about that, T, like – with all of the things that the Braves have been dealing with as of late, with the Max Free going down and Kyle Wright going down for two months. And, and you, we were talking about how yesterday Alex Anthopoulos needs to pick up the phone. And we'll talk about a little bit later that he actually did pick up the phone. He listened to us. But 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 the, the main thing for me, T, I feel like the Braves have found the answer to those problems, to those issues with their starting lineup. And that's just – just start mashing and just hitting the ball out of the ballpark. <laughs> well, you know, before we talk about the amazing Braves and what they did last night, I want to know if somebody has done a wellness check on Cody Bradford. Because I think <laughs> he, got he a is not well. shock. I'm, I'm headed to Dallas, Jarvis, in a couple days. Well. If you all need me to do a wellness check in Arlington, I can do that. Because I'm not doing well. What the Braves did to him was not nice. That's not what you do. You're going to be able to cover for that one, T. It might be a wrap oh. for Cody Bradford. Yeah. Like, dude, he was probably optioned back to the triple. But anyway, look. He didn't go to his mama basement. Right. Exactly. They're lost. Cody sounded like a mom in the basement. Back and forth. Cody Bradford. Back in his mom's basement. He's been optioned to his mom's basement. Exactly. But yeah, on a serious note, the Braves definitely needed what they got. And in addition to the five two run home runs, 12 runs on 12 hits. Very, very efficient Uh, night for the Braves as well got back to the defensive prowess that we've been accustomed to just executing just yeah. like we're accustomed to but gotta give my i have two right so mm-hmm. two that i want to highlight tonight but uh, for today from last night but i'll start with my first one and then we'll come back to the second one charlie morton yeah charlie morton with a season high 10 strikeouts now we talk about high leverage and low leverage situations, right? We were talking mm-hmm. about on Sports Extra just a couple nights ago how, hey, A.J. Mentor is usually that guy you want to keep in low leverage situations. This was a high leverage situation for the very reasons that you just mentioned, which is a very depleted pitching rotation, even with the um, getting uh, Ramirez off, uh, Derek Ramirez off of waivers with the Twins. Rodriguez, yeah. Still, yeah Rodriguez, Rodriguez yeah. excuse me. Yeah. Still mm-hmm. getting that person you know, that pitcher off waivers is still not quite the answer. And like you said, we'll talk about that more in a few minutes. But to see Charlie Morton over and over and over again perform the way he does. And yeah, he's five and three, but Jarvis, he could easily be six and two, seven and one, if not for the the Braves bats 
not showing up for him late in games. Uh, and other than that first, I think maybe the first uh, start of this season, he's just been lights out. We're not talking about just six strikeouts, right? Uh, excuse me. We're talking about 10 strikeouts. We're not just yeah. talking about that. We're also talking about just one walk. And you went six and two thirds innings, which then allowed Danny Young to go two and a third, which then did what Jarvis kept that bullpen intact. That's the kind of thing that the Braves are going to need to see over and over again from their pitching staff. And like, until either one of two things happens, like we'll talk about trade possibility or when freed and or right get back. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, right? Like, because the way this team has been built, it's built for this, right? Because when you think about the murderous row, that is the lineup that's going to, that they're running out there right now. And then with Austin Riley being moving to the cleanup spot and Ozzy yeah. Albies going into that third spot. And it just seemed like it fits. It works. And when Snicker makes those little sudden moves to try to, hey, let me tweak this thing a little bit. Let me see what's going on. And now that Riley was able to get off last night, that's one of the things that I was super uh, encouraged by because he's been struggling. He got off to a really good start, but he's been really struggling as of late. And I think that he's been slowly but surely, hey, got a couple singles. You know, uh, in that Toronto yeah, series, in the last game against Toronto. So that was some of the things you started to see him starting to come around. And then when you start, when you go Apo Taco, uh, on, uh, when you go yard and go Apo Taco, that lets you know that, hey, he's making the necessary adjustments and he's really starting to feel himself as far as, okay, now I understand. Now I get it. I'm in a new role. I'm, I, I have a different mindset. And, and, and thinking about it like this too, T, like, you have to pitch to him because yeah. guess what? Who's behind him? Mr. Murphy, the guy that used to be in that cleanup spot and was yeah. mashing all over the place as well. So this is the formula. This is the formula that is going to help the Braves get through these these tough times with, with their guys like like you said, like I mentioned, Kyle Wright and Max Freed being out. And I wholeheartedly believe that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be fine if they continue. Not necessarily hitting five two-run home runs because, we know, that hasn't been done, what, since 2019, the Oakland A's did it. And guess who was on that team, T? <laughs> Matt Olson and Sean Murphy. They did home – I mean, I think uh, Matt Olson homered that day, but Sean Murphy didn't. So, yeah, it's just it's just coming full circle with these guys, you know, starting to really come around and prove that, hey, like, we'll be fine, you know. You're like, four-game losing streak, we're not going to five, and and, and, they, and they, they stopped it right then and there where they needed to be. Now – now, speaking of Kyle Wright and 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 um, Kyle Wright and uh, and Max Freed, the, the the Braves actually um, went out. And like I said, Alex Anthopoulos, he heard us. He's like he listens to the show on a regular basis. He made that phone call. He said, "You know what? Let me get a Mr. Derek Rodriguez. They claimed him off waivers uh, from Minnesota Twins, um, and they're going to bring. He's been optioned to AAA, so that's another arm T that hey, they can kind of. At the end of the day, they just need arms." As yeah. long as you're not going out there giving up 12 runs like a Mr. Cody Bradford, you know, I think the Braves would be perfectly fine. <laughs> I think so, too. At this point, it's just, hey, we'll just – if we can get what we need out of Charlie Morton and Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder, then we will patchwork it like today. They'll go with Jared Schuster to get a start mm -hmm. tonight against Dane Dunning, and let's yes. see how that goes. And we'll maybe try out Dylan Dodd again one of these good days. And then, like you said, they've got Derek Rodriguez – Send them down to AAA first, kind of see what you're working with. And all of those things are really to patchwork what I talked about yesterday and what I believe Alex Anthopoulos is going to do, which is wait until you get closer to the trade deadline where some of those teams that are probably looking to just kind of tank, rebuild, reset 
-hmm. are more inclined to give away their guy without Alex Anthopoulos having to give away everything in the kitchen sink. So he talked about that yesterday on Dukes and Bell over at 92.9, how, yeah, he could make a big trade right now, but would it make sense? And so, of course, I was smiling. I was like, yep, that's what we said yesterday. But, um, yeah, he talked about the fact that, yeah, he could do something small. And then, of course, the Derek Rodriguez uh, pickup off waivers happened. And then, of course, the next thing is he said, hey, we'll still be looking, but we just want to do something closer to that trade deadline when maybe it's more favorable for the franchise. Absolutely. We know Alex is going to do his doggone job. He's been really good at it ever since he stepped through those doors up up there in uh, Sandy Springs. Uh, (laughs) So we I'm I'm not not too concerned. I know he's going to do what he needs to do to be able to get his team through. But. Those bats getting going like they did last night, that is going to be the biggest help in the most immediate and concrete way for the Braves to get through this thing um, like they need to. Now, T, we know that the, the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals are set. But there was one thing that I started to think about when, when it comes to how the teams that are in there, right? You got the legacy teams in the Boston Celtics and – you know, the Los Angeles Lakers. And then the Miami Heat, they've been a team that's been pretty doggone good ever since uh, Steve Spagnuolo. Uh, not Steve Spagnuolo. Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra, yeah. Like, what am I thinking about? Defense coordinator? <laughs> Football? Yeah, of course. Why would I, What else would I be thinking about? <laughs> but, yeah, Eric Spolstra, you know, since he stepped in that door, the Heat have been teams that have been, been talked about when as far as um, contenders in the Eastern Conference. But I want to look at the, the Denver Nuggets. Like, now they've – primarily built their core through through the through, um of their roster through the NBA draft and given how they were able to you know get here like do, do you think that the NBA wants the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA title so give some of these other teams that been middling around at the bottom of the league for years and like hey all you got to do is draft well and you can you can get your get, compete for an NBA championship yeah you know, i don't think any league is really overly concerned about a mid-market team pulling up on the championship. That That's just mm. a reality because that's not mm. a revenue generator. And I'm going to yeah. take it over to hockey. Like right. hockey was sick when all of the Canadian teams tapped out. Hockey was sick when the New Jersey Devils tapped out, when the Islanders tapped every t- when the Boston Bruins, best ever regular season record, and they get booted out. The reason mm. I mention that is because that's bad for hockey. That's bad yeah. for the average like pedestrian hockey fan who's like, I don't even know, Carolina had a team? So I say that to say the Nuggets aren't exactly the most exciting or the sexiest team. Kind of reminds me of back in the Spurs days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't a good look for the league. Yeah. It really wasn't. The, yeah. When that was, it was at a good it, look for Pop, but that's about it. <laughs> exactly. There it is. And, and San Antonio. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that made those championships – runs most compelling honestly was the fact that it highlighted the tanking process that kind of started with tim duncan and it also sometimes had them matched up against like you said the heavy hitters so no i don't think that's what it is i think that although i didn't make celtics lakers my pick i chose uh celtic nuggets but Mm -hmm. i do think either one of those teams or both of those teams in that title game in the finals that's the best look for the association because when you have a legacy team you're always going to get casual fans and fans that rock with you each and every day to come. Oh, through. Yeah. So no, they, they really want that Celtics Lakers. That's what they really want. Because also yeah. whether you love him or hate him, LeBron James brings eyeballs. 
And if he's back in the finals of course, with that yeah. Lakers team that was patchwork at best, shout out to Darvin Ham for doing an amazing job on the sidelines. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like that patchwork team that now is on the cusp of going to an NBA final, like that's finals. That's really very impressive. So no, we know what the, the, the association wants. They yeah, want that West yeah. Coast. And they want that East Coast. Or at least one of the teams has to have be one say, of those yeah. markets. You Either know what one I mean? Of them so yeah. yeah. Just so, fine if they can't get yeah. both. But I, I think it gives, I guess it kind of gives me uh, somebody who, you know, is a, a fan of a team and covers a team that not necessarily everybody cares about for real. You know, it gives me kind of hope. Like, all right, you know, the Hawks drafted most of their guys too, you know, and they, they're trying to get there and trying to get over the hump. So, you know, the different nuggets give me hope, T. So that's what I'm going to stand on. But I hope well, I'll agree. Can I, just, yeah. can I just say it like, I hear what you're saying, but real talk, what brought the attention and the energy to the Hawks? DeJounte Murray. He was mm. acquired. I still think if the Hawks want that kind of smoke and they want that kind of energy and attention, they're going to have to make a big splash in free agency because quite honestly, one, two, maybe three of the guys that they've drafted in the last five years, and if you kick in Kevin Herter, maybe four to five of the guys they've drafted in the last five years, they might be gone, gone this summer, and maybe they should. Just have to Throw that in. Well, thank you for bursting my bubble today. How about that? Too? I appreciate <laughs> so you. So I got to move down. I, it's okay. It's okay. Like, like I can lay on the couch, you know, for the, for, for the today. That's okay. You know, I, I put you on the couch sometimes, but you know, it's okay. I'll take that, take that L today. It's all good. But anyway, guys, coming up in 60 seconds, we finally going to talk about two. And you know who we're talking about. But first, we want to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Once is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook because it is the number one sportsbook in America. How about this? You guys have been rocking with us and making us your number one podcast in your heart. So, yes, get with the number one sportsbook, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn because it is the best place to go. And guess what? Once you go there and you're if you're a new customer, they got the no sweat first bet. What's that, Jarvis? The no sweat first bet is up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. How about that? So, hey, they, all the people who you're new to this betting thing, you're trying to figure it out, trying to win you some money. How about this? Go there, and they got the no sweat first bet right there waiting just for you. Now, how can I do this? Or what can I do on this thing, man? They got the money line. They got the over-unders. They got the uh, threes drained. They got all this stuff. The NBA playoffs are popping. We just started talking about the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals. They are already rolling. So guess what? Tonight, it's getting ready to start tonight. The Denver Nuggets and the Lakers is about to go down. So all you got to do is go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And check out, you know, what they have going on and, and take advantage of the no sweat first bet. Because guess what? FanDuel is the official sports betting book of the NBA. So yesterday we got the word from CBS Sports themselves that Bet Ryan would be joining their team. He'll be an in-studio analyst, but he'll also go on the road for some of their games. Not sure which broadcast team he'll be with quite yet, but we do know he'll be on the road and in studio. And as we mentioned yesterday, you and I have covered Matt Ryan for years. And so we know that this is absolutely a good look. Can't wait to hear him in the booth because he's a very cerebral guy. Right. So, and it's interesting because he also tweeted out, he retweeted what CBS sent out, but it was a quote tweet because Mm -hmm. it was just a reminder that, Hey, I'm not retiring translation because Hey, Colts, 
you could owe me up to $12 million and I'm not about to let that money sit on the table for you. So I'm going to keep my options open in case I get (laughs) that call sometime during the season. Smart guy, not shocked because like we said, he's a very cerebral guy. But as excited as we were about this new opportunity for two, it also always takes you back to what two's legacy is going to be because people started conjecturing. I'm sure you heard it, Jarvis. Okay, mm-hmm. what if the Falcons get him back midseason to be kind of the backup, backup to the backup? Like, would he take that? Or is he going to at some point just sign that one-day contract so he can retire a Falcon? And so then the conversation starts going about, okay, when he does retire, even if this is not the time, when will there ever be? the proper appreciation for Matt Ryan. And we saw a very interesting article from a national perspective of how one Super Bowl loss helped define Matt Ryan's legacy because it kind of fed into all of the unfortunate narratives about him before that, that he can't win the big one. He's no Michael Vick. Anything you can think of has been said to deride his legacy. But Jarvis, when, if ever, or how, if ever, will the entire city of Atlanta truly appreciate what two did and what he was on the field for the Falcons? I'm glad that you put that little caveat, the entire city, because we know there's a certain subset of people that don't give a damn about Matt Ryan, and they love seven. And we all know who that is. And I'm not talking about B. John Roberts. I'm talking about Mr. Michael Vick, because that would be a conversation to be had until the end of time as far as you know, just from an excitement standpoint, because we know what Michael Vick brought, right? Yes. We understood We understood what parties were on Sundays at 1 o'clock. It was a party up in that bad boy, like from all races and all creeds and everything. He just brought everybody together, and they had a good time until it unfortunately ended the way it did. But I don't think Matt Ryan is going to get the real credit that he deserves until 10, 15 years now from now, T, because – I feel like, you know, once he officially retires, obviously five years from that, then he'll maybe they'll maybe start having a conversation as to whether or not he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I think that once you start putting all these numbers together, you know, I think he was the second fastest ever to get to 60,000 passing yards. You know what I mean? Like, and, and just, and being like leader in all categories for the Atlanta Falcons as a quarterback and and then having a team on the brink of being the GOAT, you know, and until, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, yeah. like the defense kind of just had a melt, not kind of, had a meltdown, yeah. and Kyle Shanahan had a brain fart on his play calling, you know, in the fourth quarter. So, <laughs> so yeah. all of those things kind of come together, and Matt Ryan has to eat that right now. Yeah. So I think it's going to take some time in order for this entire city of Atlanta to say, you know what? And, and guess what, T? Mm-hmm. What if Desmond Ritter is a bust? So that's three to four. That's two to three years. You know that you're not going to have a real qu- a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to figure out and try to figure out who that's going to be. Like Terry Fontenot, Arthur Smith might not not even see a, a Matt Ryan, a quarterback of Matt Ryan's ilk. They yes. wish they had that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think it's going to take some time. It, it, it's going to take some time to for people to see, like, you know. These type of quarterbacks don't come along. You just can't go out there and go get one of those. So, for me, I feel like Matt is going to truly, truly get his flowers once 
you know, time has, you know, like I said, time heals all wounds because it's going to be hard for people to forget about that 28-3. You know, people still talk about 28-3 right now. Yeah. So I think it's going to take a little time before people kind of take an honest look at the, the body of work and say, mm-hmm. you know what, take the take the team name off of it and just look at the, the actual the individual. Man, this dude put up some doggone numbers that might at least need to be on the cusp of having a conversation about going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, because there is more to me, more buzz and more conversation about Philip Rivers going to the Hall of Fame than there is about Matt Ryan. And that's so troublesome. And what has he wants? Like, like, <laughs> like, come on. Right. When you talk about 28 to 3, you got to remember the quarterbacks that Matt Ryan had to leapfrog over to get there. So right. you got to remember that he had to leapfrog over Aaron Rodgers to Ryan get there Lawrence. and almost leapfrogged Amen. over the GOAT to get there. Yep, so exactly. I think that sometimes people don't really, like you said, the context of it, like he's got to just get enough distance between him and 28 to three for it to make a difference. But I'll be honest, I hear his name, Philip Rivers and kind of Matt Stafford. I hear those names in the conversation all at the same time, like they're equal. Matt Stafford would have been Philip Rivers if not for the Rams going all in to win a Super Bowl. He would have been below Phillip Rivers in my book, T, because but you're the only win Jack in Detroit. That is very much a a minority. That is very much a minority choice, if you will, or very much. Yeah, yeah, because the majority of pundits that I hear talking about this, it's always like Matt Ryan Philip Rivers and Matt Stafford are pretty much in that same conversation. And I'm like, houseway, because when you yeah. look at Matt Ryan's numbers, less games played than Philip Rivers, but yet all the numbers, the completions, the completion percentage, the passing yards, passing touchdowns. Well, not passing touchdowns. I take that back. But the uh, inter- fewer interceptions, longest, yeah. all of it, like just about every category, Matt Ryan is well ahead of Philip Rivers, including you are an MVP. And you also took your team to the cusp of a championship. So hopefully may not be a first balloter, may not even be a second balloter, but I do think that his legacy will be respectfully and accurately defined once some time passes and you're able to really see just how great Matt Ryan was. Now, speaking of. <laughs> no, I was just going to say real quick. And, and I think the unfortunate part for Matt is the fact that there's so much weight put into winning Super Bowls. And obviously, yeah, like, yeah. And being the starting quarterback on that Super Bowl team automatically qualifies you as pretty much at least starting to come, like automatically being in the conversation to be in the Hall of Fame, which I don't think is fair. And because we're talking about an individual accomplishment, you know, uh, as far as being in the Hall of Fame, individual accolade, but you're talking about a team award, that they're going to take all the credit for it. And I just don't think that's fair with Matthew Stafford because we know, like, he, we know should, who should have been that Super Bowl MVP. It was Mr. No- number 99, like yeah. that dude. He yeah. the one that closed that game out. He the one that made the play to shut everything down and put put every, uh, put the Bengals on, down the pasture. So I think that's the unfortunate part with Matt with the whole, the whole Super Bowl waiting thing because there's no way, T. No way. I watched Matthew Stafford's entire career. I watched Matt Ryan's entire career. There's no way these two dudes should be in the same conversation as a, as far as a quarterback and the individual accomplishments that they had. In their or careers. for that matter, Philip Rivers in that conversation. But everydayers, yeah. tell us what you guys think. Are you ready? 
to give Matt Ryan his flowers or are you somebody that's still trying to hold on to he's just okay, he was just average, he's not great? <laughs> Let us know because we do actually appreciate you giving us your feedback and we love some of your comments. Some of them are hilarious. Some of them are way out there in left field, but nonetheless, we love them all. So thanks again for rocking with us for over a year now. We appreciate you for look, checking us out on YouTube and just continue to tell a friend to tell a friend. And of course, wherever you download your podcast, make sure that one of the podcasts you download is ATL Day Ones. We appreciate you. We appreciate you as always. But T, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down in the show. Today is no different. The number one prospect team in the 2024 recruiting class, Dylan Riola, has committed to the dogs. He announced it on Twitter, you know, because that's kind of how the the world works today. And apparently it wasn't as tough a choice between UGA, Lincoln Riley, and USC, and Nebraska. And some maybe thought because of relationships, the decision for Riola. Now, T, when you think about, you know, Today's college college football game as far as recruiting and, and how important relationships are and how Kirby Smart connects the dot by with so many people because he sent so many players to the league and and how this Dylan Raiola came about. Like how important are relationships from a recruiting standpoint and to be able for the for the Georgia Bulldogs to be able to get a guy like this. Now I know some people may say, hey, the back to back national championship did it. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that's part of it. But when you, how important are the relationships, though, for these uh, for these guys to start making decisions to come down to Athens? Yeah, well, you can say it's the back-to-back national championships, but that workout that he put in in Athens was in 2021. That was the yeah. summer of 2021. So that was really before Georgia ascended to this greatness, right? right. And there was something that went like that particular workout pretty much went viral right and georgia was like yep that's our guy but he was a little bit hesitant because he didn't know was arch manning going to sign with georgia was arch manning Mm -hmm. not going to sign with georgia so of course he makes sort of a a safe decision and goes with ohio state not a bad deal ryan day is good for quarterbacks it's all good but when he's when he starts talking and continues to have conversation with the likes of mike bobo who if I'm not mistaken, Coach Matthew Stafford. He and did. so yep. there's that connectivity. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford is his godfather. And there's that connectivity. Then there's a gentleman that, um, uh, of course, his dad played with Matt as well. Uh, yeah, and then there's years. a gentleman, yeah. Dominic Raiola. Right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you've got that with the Detroit Lions for seven years. And then you've got the individual who I believe played with them as well, who's been on the Georgia staff for a couple of years. Very, very connected to Raiola as well. So all of those moving parts came into play and yeah his uncle does coach for nebraska and certainly i'm sure if you sent a a quarterback to nebraska or definitely usc he'd be quite fine as well because i guess it had come down to those two teams as well as far as his decommit and recommit but yeah i listened to even what you were saying and how you chose albany state and how it does make a difference if you feel like you're coming into a family situation or if you have family that has a connectivity to a school, you may say, you know what, because my brother went there, because my brother played there, my sister or my cousin went there. You know, what? I think that's going to be a fit for me. And to me, those things above and beyond the rest of it, because, of course, I think the kid's competent enough to feel like he can unseat one of those three that we keep talking about right, that right, are already right. in the QB room. I think it just came down to these relationships that convinced him that's the best place for him to be. 
Yeah, and how I got down to Albany State is like so strongly built on relationships. And I'll tell it real quick. I did the, the, the shortened version. So essentially, I was committed to Morehouse, and um, my one of my teammates, his dad went to Albany State, and he hit me up maybe like a, a couple of days before signing day. I was already committed to Morehouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. He hit me up a couple of days before signing day. He was like, hey, do you want to go down to Albany? And I was like, am I going to miss school? He was like, yeah, it's going to be during the daytime. I was like, yep, let's go. <laughs> Sign me up. You know, it's kind of how I was back in the day. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. But so he ended up taking me down there, took me down there, one of my other teammates and, and my brother as well. So we went down there. Got a chance to meet to meet the uh, meet the head coach, who's also the defense coordinator, Coach Mike White, and I'm just sitting there having some conversations with him. He's like, "Hey, man, uh, you know, so what you think?" I was like, "What do you mean? What I think?" He was like, "You want to come down here and play?" I was like, hey, "You know, I'm committed to Morehouse, right?" He's like, "Uh, how about I get you and your brother a full ride?" Sure, let's go. You know, and so it's just like those relationships, the connectivity, right? Like by him saying, you know what? Hey, I'm an alum. I want to see, you know, where this guy's going. I, I care about this guy. You know, he's he played with my son. I'm like, let me see if you want to go down there. And then, it's, boom, exactly how it happens. And I think that Dylan Raiola end up being the same exact way when you talk about those relationships and how the the connectivity um, and it can work out for. But yeah, I think that this is going to be interesting. I because I, I feel like to be honest with you, T. I feel like Mike Boba is not impressed about the quarterbacks that are in that room right now. Yeah. So, yeah, for them to get a guy like this, kind of, I really feel like it speaks to that. So, yeah, I'm oh, yeah. excited Somebody's about Dylan Ryan. No There's going to be some transferring going on right now. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, Brock Vandergrip, maybe not Carson Beck, but other two, they're probably looking and thinking, oh, my God. But, you know, we hear more about the story. We certainly will bring it to you guys because, hey, that's what we do here. We love to get you guys not just up to date on what's happening in Atlanta, but also to give you guys our take on it. So can't wait to talk to you guys tomorrow. Will Ronald Acuna Jr. keep raking in that leadoff position? We're going to find out and we'll talk with the debrief about it tomorrow. Of course, Jared Schuster gets the start. So we can't wait to tell you guys about that. The Falcons made some moves, some roster moves that we didn't get to talk about today. They might make some more moves today. We'll talk about that tomorrow and anything else that comes up on the landscape of course we'll download on nba conference finals as well so listen it's a beautiful day out there in atlanta make sure you take advantage of it be safe and everydayers we'll definitely see you tomorrow absolutely and if you don't do anything else for the rest of the day make sure you guys do this for atl day ones share love show love and most importantly spread love